1: welcome everybody to episode 54 of disney plus reviews i'm phil souza and i'm not here with my good friends and co-host grant he's out sick this week uh, but fortunately we have a returning guest this week the guy i keep around for luck it's jake wilburn jake how's it hey, going hey everybody uh just don't rub me like a rabbit's foot and i think we'll be okay <laughs> i'm so glad to have you back um for this episode not just because uh grant is no longer with us um He's not dead. He's he's. Coming yeah, back. I was gonna say he's not <laughs> dead. <at all>. Like <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not dead. He's coming back, uh, hopefully. But no, uh, he's he's actually feeling much better. He's been sick this week, but um, he still decided just to um, uh, skip the podcast recording, kind of get back up to full strength and full health and and full energy. And so I said, yeah, I'll just I'll just do it with Jake because boy, we have a lot to discuss today on today's uh, episode. So. Um, If you're just joining us today uh, for this podcast, if this is your first episode, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. On this show, on our podcast, we'll be covering all the episodes of season two of The Mandalorian, so make sure that you tune in every week for our commentary. We're only talking about Mandalorian on today's episode, actually. Uh, I knew this was going to be a big episode. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this episode. We finally got it, and there's a lot to cover, so if you you'll see that in the title there's no movie discussion this week we've been talking about a movie every week in addition to the mandalorian stuff we're not doing that today it's all only mandalorian uh all episode today except for news of the week we'll do this really quickly um just because there's i didn't see a a whole lot of huge news articles come out this week I, i think a lot of it's just it's thanksgiving and people aren't you know necessarily even like producing the news, let alone <laughs> reading a lot of news. But uh one news article that I did see that came out is that Disney is moving forward with their TV stuff, uh specifically the stuff that has to do with Marvel. And we knew about Falcon and Winter Soldier, we knew about Wandavision. Those are coming out soon. And I mean Wandavision's imminent. It's coming out actually uh by the time you hear this it's it's maybe even next month. It's in January and so it's coming out pretty soon but they are already filming the stuff that's going to come out after those two shows and one of them is one that they started filming i think about uh two weeks ago one to two weeks ago and then they're filming another show in tandem right next to it as well a couple of different directors obviously so the two big shows that i read about are miss marvel which i'm very very excited about miss marvel is a uh Really, like a top five um, uh, comic book character. I have all the Miss Marvel comics, uh, and so I'm very excited about that show. And then the other one is <clears throat> Hawkeye, which I don't know that. I mean i I miss a lot of news, and I'm sometimes dumb and and forget about things that I've seen. But I don't remember them even talking about a Hawkeye show. Um, have you Have you heard anything about? I know you haven't seen a Marvel movie in a while, but have you? Did you even hear tell of them making a Hawkeye show? No, I, they, I had not. Yeah.
0: Usually that kind of stuff at least comes through some of my feeds, you know, Facebook knows that I'm a nerd. And so usually even if it's something I'm not into, it'll all scroll past it at some point. And I've not seen anything about this.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's been announced. um, Well, I don't know that they meant to announce it. I think so that the news article I found is basically a, like, it's a flyer that got put on someone's uh, no, it's not, I think it's next to somebody's car. It's like on a sign post in, in whatever city they're filming this in New York or Chicago or somewhere. And it says, please move your vehicle by De- Tuesday, December 1st at 10 p.m. Because Wednesday, December 2nd, we're going to be filming a mo- movie here. And I think people have kind of figured out that it's uh, supposed to be Hawkeye, the new Disney Plus TV show that's coming out supposedly next year. So so yeah, that's that was the the way I think people found out about it. What,
0: well, yeah, what a way to get your news! <laughs> what a way to have something revealed is through a, a,
1: a please move your car flyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you know, the one thing that's been announced, and again, this I'm sure this was announced a long time ago, the Hawkeye show, but I just, I missed it for some reason, but they are introducing a new character to the MCU and that is Kate Bishop, which comic fans will know Kate Bishop as... A female hawkeye that that kind of takes the the mantle from Clint Barton uh, for a while for a, a period, and I think is actually I think even in the comics is trained by Clint uh, himself and she, she kind of becomes like an, a, a sidekick but then becomes like Hawkeye I think she actually takes the mantle Hawkeye name uh, from him and becomes Hawkeye for a while in the comics but in the show supposedly it's going to be about him training her and possibly even training her up to replace him it's kind of unknown kind of where he stands with the avengers and just other superheroes in general after the the events of Endgame. that i won't spoil for people who haven't seen it but um you know it's 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 interesting to know that they are going this way of training and you know, will we even see Clint Barton in the next movie? It could actually be Kate Bishop as the next Hawkeye. So, but um, the big one that I'm the most excited about is Miss Marvel. I cannot wait to see what they do with this character with this show. They announced the actress, and it's an actress that I I'm not familiar with. Um, so uh, that's exciting to me too. I'm always excited about discovering new actresses. Uh, this actress actress's name is. Iman Velani, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but, and uh, if you're not familiar with Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan is in the Marvel comics, uh, is a uh, Middle Eastern, I think Pakistani, if I can remember correctly, Pakistani uh, American girl and teenage girl at that uh, kind of Miles Morales type age. She actually kind of runs with Miles Morales in the comics. And her main power is basically think, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. So she's got kind of stretchy arms, stretchy legs, and maybe can do even more than Mr. Fantastic in some ways. Like she can get giant size. So like think like uh, Ant-Man, Giant-Man type thing, or she can get super small as well, like Ant-Man and can, in what she calls embiggen her fists. So like she can get like fists that are like, you know, the size of, of, you know, you know, massive, um, uh, what do you call them? The uh, wrecking ball size fists, but the rest of her body is normal size. So she's a pretty cool character, pretty looking, uh, cool looking character, and uh, she's an Inhuman, which I think is very interesting for the MCU. Um, you know, they've not done they've done it Inhumans in Ages of Shield, but outside of that, like in the movies, and stuff the Inhumans have pretty much been non-existent. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with her character and how they graft her into the the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. So
0: what I think is cool about uh Disney Plus and some of these shows is before Disney Plus came out there was already especially with superheroes, you know, with shows like Arrow and Supergirl, I know that's over in DC, but there was already kind of this um there was this market already for these shows that have some more of these more minor characters and outside of the big, you know, huge budget movie releases And what I think is cool is that Disney Plus and also uh, with the virus in 2020 uh, kind of making movie theaters not as financially viable. I think it's been really cool that Disney Plus has doubled down on taking characters that would have probably never got their own, you know, big cinema movie uh, thing and really putting high quality, uh, you know, real dollars behind some of these shows uh, and some really good storytelling and giving some of these more uh, you know, and in, in the case of the Hawkeye show, you've got a, 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 a you know, a not, and I wouldn't say Hawkeye is like a minor character after Avengers or anything, but like, he's not Iron Man, you know, he's not uh, he's not Captain America. And so now you've got a, a side characters, minor character sidekick <laughs> that's going to be getting some time in the light. And, you know, when you and I were kids that just wouldn't have happened. I mean, we had cartoons of the major heroes uh, and then even superhero movies were like, you know, with Michael Keaton's Batman and even those were a little more rare than they are today where everything is superheroes. But I think it's, I'm, I'm pleased with this shift because just like as we'll talk about in The Mandalorian, TV shows give characters a lot more time and space to flesh out. Uh, than you can do in in a movie, and so I'm encouraged by you know some people might be like, okay, you know, Hawkeye's girl, that's not you know super exciting. I guess it's something to do, but I I like it because and it gives uh, the writers kind of this not a blank canvas because they're already based on comic book characters, um, but it's in these universes there's just so much to explore and Disney Plus. Uh, in doing these, uh, you know, full season series gives the breathing room to be able to do that, and I think that's so cool.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I th- this is Disney Plus is almost like made for this kind of thing. Like we would have never yeah. seen a Miss Marvel movie. I, I a couple of years ago, I got kind of excited because it seemed like they were kind of teasing Miss Marvel a little bit and then i had to kind of come down from that cloud way of thinking and think you know no they're not going to devote an entire movie an entire film in theaters to miss marvel so this is the outlet for her for her character and i'm i'm just sure. excited that she gets to be a part of the mcu at all even if she never even graces the big screen not even in like a big avengers way way where she's like in the background of the shot even if she's not in in the movie even as a non-character i'm just excited that i get to see her and and to know that she exists in the same world as all these other people so sure and and i think about
0: um you know wonder woman 1984 uh, is is coming out in theaters the theaters are open uh but it's also going to be coming out on hbo max which is probably where i'll end up watching it and it's like, oh man, you know, this was supposed to be, it's got delayed and, and that's kind of a, a movie. I love the original Wonder Woman. That's kind of a movie theater experience. And after watching the trailer for that and just kind of being bummed that I was going to be watching that on a streaming service, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I kind of like these more, uh, you know, long form episodic, you know, I look at what they're doing with Zack Snyder's justice league and how, okay, fine. Like we could have gotten the theatrical version, but now we're getting even more of that cut because they're going to be releasing it in like four installments. Like there's no way, which was part of the reason why it got butchered. They're like, what you're going to make a three hour movie. Well, now on HBO max that sucker is going to end up being like four or five hours or some, something crazy like that, because they're going to, you know, put it in installments. And it's just awesome that this kind of stuff would have never, it's like, Oh, we're going to have, jared leto's joker in it now we'll throw that in for good measure and it's like there's no way they could have done that in the in the movie theater. so i'm just all all of this that we're talking about right now is just is something that as kids we could have never imagined or had to have all of these things fleshed out on a screen so i think it's awesome that disney plus allows for this kind of stuff i think it's the right right way to right way to, to turn the market
1: yeah when I was a kid, speaking of like stuff that we were used to when we were kids, like I, I liked superheroes and was very interested in them. I hadn't read any comics or really even seen a lot of the movies, but I remember Lois and Clark being on t- yes. television, and I I remember thinking Dean like, Kane. yeah, I was like I was like, wow, we're getting Superman on on TV and and thinking like wow this is the best it will ever get is lois and clark and then it's like (laughs) (laughs) we have like daredevil and like all these other things that have come out and it's just like okay we are living in some of the greatest superhero times of all time so oh sure um, yeah yeah well enough delaying the inevitable thing we got to get to it um let us let us cover the uh what is going to be i think one of the most one of the most crazy episodes of Mandalorian period um, definitely one of the coolest moments in star Wars history. I think just from a, from a, from a fan and a fanatic uh, side of things, like just what they did with this episode, I'm going to let you talk about it first, but um, before you do, I, I just want to kind of like color, like how I walked into this episode. So you probably watched it Friday, probably Friday morning is my guess um, when it first came out, I did not get get to watch, watch it until Friday nights. I, um, I saw Jack Altermat, which f- fans of the show will know, Jackie, a uh, previous co-host. Um, he was actually even on an episode as a guest a few weeks ago. And I saw him in person on on Friday, um, but like 10 o'clock in the morning. And he, so he walks in he's like, okay, the first thing I need, need to know is, have you seen episode five of The Mandalorian yet? And I said, no, I've not seen it. I don't want to know anything about it. I, I said, if you want to tell me if you liked it or not, that's fine, I'll take that. But other than that, I don't want to know anything else. And um, I said, I'm assuming you've seen it since you're asking me. He's like, Phil, I've seen it three times. <laughs> I was like, Jack, it's 10 in the morning. Like, how have you seen it three times? And so I'll, I'll tell you story basically. So you got up at like three o'clock in the morning. You couldn't sleep or something like that. And he's just like, oh my gosh, like the new Amanda's out. And so he watched it at like 3, 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, went back to bed, woke up, his wife, Amanda, who I think is – no, I don't think she's been on this show. She's been on another podcast if you've been around Jack. She woke up and says, have you seen Mandalorian yet? And he said, I have, but I'll watch it again with you. And so the, <laughs> the two of them watched it together. And then a few weeks ago, we had Miller on as well when we had Jack on. And so fans of the show will know Miller, uh, his 10-year-old son. And so Miller got up and said did you guys already watch the Mandalorian? And they were like, yes, we did. Sorry. He's like, I want to watch it. And Jack was like, you know what? I will watch it again with you. (laughs) So he watched it three times. And then I saw him at 10 o'clock. He's like, Oh my gosh, you, you have no idea. So, um, and then uh, like it was Friday afternoon. I, I got a text from, uh someone that uh, jake and i both know uh shane kennard uh texted me and i guess he's been listening to the show to disney plus reviews so uh, hello to shane and and the boys who are listening to this probably and asked me if i'd seen it and said all he and i said no and he said okay i I didn't want to say any more anything more until i had heard that you actually see and not you know seen it or not seen it and all he would say was it was quote a big one, (laughs) a big episode. And that's all I knew. And then I went in and watched it Friday night and um, I will get to my thoughts here in a little bit, but I'm just going to let, take the reins off and just let you go. Um, Tell me and talk about as much as you want about this episode. We'll, I'm sure we'll cover everything at some point during, during our coverage of it, but what was your, expectations into the episode before you watched it um what 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 expectations were met or exceeded or whatever what what was your feeling when you finished it what what what, just talk about this episode (laughs) okay so
0: before going into it i think that you and i both knew that ahsoka was going to be in the episode dave filoni was directing it we we kind of we kind of knew this was coming uh i thought it was going to be more of a slow burn Uh, That the most of the episode would consist of, you know, him having to jump through hoops and over barricades and, and talk to villagers and do all this stuff to, to finally maybe find her at the end. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the episode, you know, uh, almost like a Luke Skywalker at the end of episode seven, you know, kind of like, well, all right, here she is. Now the next episode is where she's actually going to do stuff or they're going to talk or whatever. But that is obviously not what happened. Uh, (laughs) It was like in the first, you know, 20 seconds, boom, there she is, white lightsabers going like crazy, taking guys out, using the force, uh, you know, walking up to this big gate. And, I I mean, I was blown away because I did not expect her to just – appear that quickly. I didn't expect the Band-Aid just to be ripped off uh, ripped off that fast. So um, it was a little jarring to see her in live action. It's mm. it's not, you know, like when I saw Bo-Katan, you know, I've watched all of the Clone Wars. I'm actually re-watching it right now. Uh, I've watched all of Rebels. And so to see her in live action was just a little weird at first. I compare her to Bo-Katan because... The actress that plays Bo Katan in The Mandalorian also voices her in The Clone Wars and looks like her. Like they made the cartoon character look like her. This is not the same uh, voice as Ahsoka. So her, her, they. I think they did a fantastic job because Dave Filoni. Basically created Ahsoka. If anybody was going to handle Ahsoka, it would have been Dave Filoni. That's one of his favorite characters, and and um, so, but it was still a little jarring. But then I started thinking, you know, if I would have watched the Clone Wars version of Anakin first, and then watched you know episodes two and three that would have probably been a little jarring to see that Anakin go to live action, yeah, you know, point. cause they are kind of different. And so I'm like, okay, I'll give this a, a little leash of, of interpretation of what my expectations are. I thought she was a little more um, I don't know, a little more sharp, uh, you know, not as joyful. Of course, this isn't, maybe it's because I am watching the beginning of the clone wars where she's, you know, 14 years old and bright eyed and, um of course anakin does call her snips because she is a little snippy so uh mm-hmm. you know maybe it all fits but i thought the actress i can't remember her name um it, it's
1: at the top Ash, of my tongue this so this actress is rosario dawson yeah the
0: actress that played her in the episode yeah i i think she is very well cast perfect cast uh, she did a fantastic job. There were uh, just a few lines of delivery and this is total nitpicking, man. This is total yeah. nitpicking. It's, it's, there hard, were a few, it's hard
1: to say anything negative about the episode. So you it, do, really is, do it, it really <laughs> is really, but like,
0: um, you know, just there was a few lines of delivery that I thought just didn't quite click. Like she goes up to the gate, you know, she just kills like a hundred guys. She goes up to the gate and she's like, tell me what I want to know. And they're like, no. And she's like, fine i'll be back tomorrow and i was like <laughs> wait what like why are you giving them a day to like give, get their army back up and i get it, it it's it's kind of mag, of a, a, a macguffin so that way the mandalorian can go find her and they have time to talk and all that um baby yoda has a name
1: yeah now that, okay so i knew we were gonna get ahsoka and i knew that was gonna be a huge thing but yep. holy crap in the same episode, they dropped the baby's yeah. name. Like, yeah. I was like, they're going to do all of this at once, aren't they? In one episode, yeah,
0: they did it. They did a lot at once. He's got a name. His name's Grogu. Um, not sure if that's going to catch on. <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people are still going to call him Baby Yoda. Don't know if it's going to catch on. And I think that uh, the writers might have known that because there's in one of the scenes where they're trying to get uh baby yoda slash grogu to to move the rock uh he goes all right kid move the rock and she like walks up right to his ear and goes grogu yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay grogu you know come, come get the thing uh but it was cool it was you know there was a lot of reveals it's you know it's a strong mid-season episode it's not too much that like um there's still a lot of mystery behind the child, right? There's still, there's still enough of like, we don't know where the rest of his species is, but we did, we did learn a lot. Of course, it just brings up new questions. He, he was at the uh, Jedi temple during uh, the, the the, the purge when Anakin's, you know, coming in and kills all the younglings somehow he escaped. We, we don't know who, you know, snatched it. So there's all these things that may or may not be explored in the TV show itself. Or you know maybe explored elsewhere in the universe, but um, I thought it was cool, and I like uh, callbacks to the prequels. I, the prequel era is my favorite era of Star Wars. I'm not saying the movies are the best movies, but the just the the kind of the the storylines and stuff of the prequel era, and I love that the Mandalorian is not afraid to attach itself to that. You know, just like that moment with Ahsoka, of course, Ahsoka being in it at all is a tie back to the to that era. Hmm. But her saying, oh, you know, I've seen, I won't train him because I know what, you know, a fully trained Jedi with attachments can do and just the tone that she delivered that, that that kind of hurt, especially oh, yeah. after seeing the, the final season of the Clone Wars, um, you know, and, uh, and her interactions. with There's just so much baggage with her saying that and making that decision that, uh, casual fans may not have you know understood the gr- the gravitas of what uh you know she was saying in the way that you know super fans like you and I did but uh the only the the episode itself like as a self contained storyline um, was quite plain but that's yeah. okay that that was that's probably exactly what needed to happen i was gonna say
1: uh, i I almost like can't even imagine like a weighty plot, yeah. alongside all of the huge nuggets that they dropped, we haven't even talked about the the big name sure. that was dropped at the end of the episode. Like yes. there were so many big reveals that, like, a, like a, a a very nuanced, like, very diverse story. I think would have almost muddied the waters. Yes, like, yes. I I I love that it was simple because it needed to be for that delivery method. So yeah, I
0: agree. I mean, it was basically uh, you know, bad guy is whole. because when ahsoka was trying to explain to the mandalorian like what uh you know where she was from or who she was and it's like yeah something bad happened during the clone wars and now she basically does bad things to people and you're like okay like not a real like (laughs) there's there's more that i'm missing here but basically there's a bad guy that is holding a town hostage and you know it, it just was super simple let's free the prisoners let's get the information we need uh but it carried it forward my only other major criticism um, was how dark the episode was. And, and I get that, you know, it's a scorched earth, literally kind of a thing. Um, but I was like, man, do I need to crank up the brightness on my TV? Because. oh, you're talking about like episode, physically dark, like physically bright. Yeah. Like I, there were times where I was just like, I can't, I almost can't see like what's going on because everything in that episode was so dark. That, yeah. that's my only like, you know my my biggest complaint with that is i would have liked to have seen um just seen more of the episode by uh having it be a little more a little more lighter there's a few other uh easter eggs and stuff that we can get into but the episode itself i've watched it twice i will probably watch it a third time this week because uh it feels so star wars uh, it it is a it is just a simple you know at that point good versus evil self-contained episode uh, Ahsoka swinging around her lightsabers and baby Yoda being cute and you know the Mandalorian having his uh western style duel while they're having a Ahsoka so cool. and the Magistrator having the the samurai style duel it was just so well put together like i would rather watch and and i'm not even trying to bash the sequels but i would almost rather like watch that episode than watch any of the sequel trilogy movies like it was so good
1: yeah if if i could put the episode in i mean there's a lot of like one word descriptions i could think of uh one of several that i could think of would be style like the the from beginning to end this thing just had style it yeah yeah constantly going for a look and feel. And like I said, it was, it was like, like visibly dark, like, you know, dark shaded. Um, But I think a lot of that was on purpose. I think the the samurai dojo almost kind of feel of that town was, was a welcome reprieve from the, the more Western I've loved all the Western stuff that they've done, but it was nice to see something different, but then still juxtaposed with the, the, you know, the big uh, showdown at the ends. And, um, it was just very stylish from beginning to end so yeah
0: yeah i agree and they did a good job they've been um delivering all you know movie quality special effects and this episode was was pretty up to par with um with the special effects there was a little bit of um when ahsoka cuts the gong that they use and it falls Uh to the ground i'm like You know that that's kind of like Attack of the Clones level CGI, Uh, but you know when it fell. But I'm like, it's passable enough. I'll I'll give them a pass. It's still it's still a TV show and not you know a movie. So.
1: So one thing that um, my co-host Grant likes to kind of look at with these Mandalorian episodes, we haven't done it for a few weeks, but um, he likes to kind of go through the the episode reviews on imdb like he'll 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 talk about okay this went on imdb imdb is kind of a good place for like you know fan rating it's not necessarily the best place for like critic reviews um although i'm sure you could probably get that there too but it's more of just like You know kind of what what are the fans thinking about this about this uh, particular episode or whatever and um trying to find it i can't i can't pull it up right now but um at least uh, as of yesterday when i looked it up uh who knows if it's different now and i think it will go down over time as people come late to the show you know it was was you know heavily hyped up and then you know how could it possibly ever live up to that hype you know strange things happen when when people watch stuff late but there, like all the episodes a lot of the episodes have like nine one nine two eight seven eight four you know uh, varying range this episode as of last night had a nine seven i mean that means almost every person that ra- rated it gave it a 10 it's it only got 10s and nines pretty much and it yeah. almost almost always got a 10 out of 10 that yeah. to me is impressive like for any television to pull off um because they're with any show, especially with Star Wars, I would say maybe even Star Wars is at the top of that list. There is a level of expectations from the fans. The fans are expecting to, to for you to deliver a certain amount of quality, and you are never going to please everybody. And we saw that with the, the the sequel movie Seven, Eight, Nine. You know what what fans were looking for were different, so that's why you get some people that think the Last Jedi is the greatest movie of all time, and you have other people that were like it's the worst Star Wars movie of all time. It's because people's expectations are different. And then when you come into an, uh, a television episode like this, and especially introducing a character that a lot of people love, like Ahsoka is, it, it is personally, Ahsoka is, um, I was talking about, uh, about this to Jessica last night, and I don't know how much you know about my love for Ahsoka. I think we talked about it a little bit but um i was like I, i'm gonna try to rank like all of like the main characters in star wars at least like you know the the, the seven ray that i can think of off the top of my head and i put ahsoka as number three i i for me my favorite my favorite character in all of star wars and it's it's a little um you know uh, controversial maybe to stay, say but my favorite character is ray i i absolutely love ray i think she is honorable from beginning to end and she is for me, the perfect picture of a character who wants to be good, struggles against evil, ultimately comes up with the right decision and is extremely powerful. She ticks all the boxes for me. Um, number two is Luke. It's hard not to pick Luke. I mean, he's obviously quintessential Star Wars. And for me, number three is Ahsoka. I, I love Ahsoka Tana that much. And so I, if anything, and, and one of the reasons why it took me about 24 hours to even watch it is I was very nervous going into this, this episode, very nervous. like. I, I felt this was the year I fell in love with Ahsoka because I'd never seen any Clone Wars episodes until this year, you know that. Um, you were the, one of the major ones that turned me on to the Clone Wars. But uh, I knew a little bit about her. I'd seen her in some screenshots. I had seen the Clone Wars movie, like the actual film. I saw that like five or six years ago, but I had never seen any of the episodes of the TV show and i absolutely fell in love with ahsoka tano this year i absolutely love her from, from beginning to end I, I just want more and more ahsoka that's why i'm currently watching rebels so i'm about halfway through season one and rebels is going to come up a couple more times i'm sure on this episode of the podcast but um i'm, I'm coming late to both Clone wars and rebels i was very nervous in, in even though dave filoni was at the helm I still was nervous, even though I trust Dave Filoni, I still was nervous because I I know they're bringing this character into live action for the first time. And it's an older Ahsoka, she's in her mid forties now. And I was thinking, you know, are they gonna destroy this character that I love? Are they gonna make her maybe not dark side, but like a gray Jedi, like, you know, halfway between light and dark? Um, What are they gonna do to this character that I love? And I finished the episode and I was almost crying. Like, I, I was just like, they, I mean, it's obviously Filoni's, this is his baby, Ahsoka is his baby, but he treated that character with the utmost respect, the utmost, hey, let's bring her into this new era of Star Wars that hasn't been covered, at least not in, you know, non uh, books and stuff like that has not been covered. And let's give her a persona and a personality and a demeanor that fits with both the old and also makes sense for this new 40 year old 45 year old Ahsoka and i i was so blown away i i i I was speechless i finished the episode jessica was there and i was just like she's like so what do you think i was like i i don't i don't even feel like i can speak for a couple more minutes like i just need to like i just need to soak in like everything that i just saw so um yeah it was amazing um so i and i agree with you on on the the finer nitpicks and stuff like that i uh one thing that i i thought of and then i had it confirmed when i read i think it was ign's review um her um head tails whatever those things are called um yeah yeah <laughs> the drape down are shorter than yeah than it was when yeah. she was younger that isn't yeah that's such a mythic, <laughs> but yes so yeah. but that was one, one thing i noticed i was just like oh those are those are kind of short that's like uh you know it's like teenage it's okay, not like rebels. Yeah. Okay, you know. But so I wonder so if you're
0: if you're a Twilek, is there like a Twilek hairdresser? Can you get them <laughs> trimmed? Like is that mm-hmm. how that works? I think the the practical reason is it probably got in the way of like a live action character. Yes. You know what I mean? Because who knows what they're they're made of foam or whatever they're made of for the actress, but like, you know, it was probably just a practical reason that they trimmed them down.
1: Yeah. So um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd out and, and say, well, actually, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead
1: well well actually jake uh, ahsoka is a uh tegruta uh not a, a twi'lek but anyway she's not a twi'lek no she's a, uh, she's a tegruta there, there only have been a couple t- a, t- a, t- a couple uh tegrutas in star wars and they're very similar to twi'leks but um, they're slightly different they the the, the tigrut and this is super nerdy i'm sorry guys but it, people who are listening to this don't care <laughs> but like uh the tigrutas have like the kind of horn uh like the double horn thing on the top of their head and um uh like head head tails or whatever those things are called that like that come down like the the their chest like the front of their body um but no okay so anyway, like in those. rebels um the pilot from rebels uh
0: Hera, syndula she's yes, a twilight though, she right? is a Twilight. Yes. okay Okay, I'm. I'm. I've got my my Google up here, and I'm seeing the uh, <laughs> seeing the difference. Well, now,
1: Phil, you have thoroughly embarrassed me in front of however many people. <laughs> yeah, probably most of our audience is just like, I, I don't even care. Can you please get to maybe, order? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. Uh, so, what do you think of the name? Okay, so I've I've, I've had it's had a, about 24 hours for it to kind of to uh, marinate in my in my brain. I think it was very jarring at first. I was like, "What?" Like, and maybe maybe I felt the same way about Yoda <laughs> the first time I heard the name Yoda. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Um, it is it is starting to grow on me, but it still has a long ways to go. And i i I don't I don't dislike the name, but it is it is a it, it seems like a weird name for me in Star Wars. Uh, what what's, what's what are your thoughts on it? Does it seem weird or is it like is not it that it. I don't know. Not that it's – because, I mean, Yoda is kind of a weird name.
0: So, I mean, yeah. Grogu is not – I mean, there's all kinds of weird names and stuff in Star Wars. So, it's not – you know, it does sound a little similar to, you know, something like Goku or, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It Just Maybe the some- fact that I, – I don't know – and I was thinking this even at the end of season one. I was like, I don't know what name you could give to baby Yoda and not have people be like, "Aw, that's his name." That's like right. I just that's I, right. either you would have this would have happened no matter what, or you would have just had to have left it a mystery. So yeah. I think that you know they, I you know I don't know, but I think they,
1: the, the weirder part of it for me was that there was no lead up to it at all like they didn't tease it in the previous episode they didn't really even tease it in this episode sure like, like they literally just I, I was like oh oh we're doing this like we're just gonna yeah, do it right, right now like yes. it, it was just one of those it's like um like you know you're interested in like interviewing for a job or something like that and so you go and you go to the, your friend's workplaces you say hey I'm, I'm i'm kind of interested in maybe applying here you know maybe i can get an interview and they're like well, let's just do it now. Let's just interview you, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> and, and then you're just like, oh, well, I'm not prepared for this. Wait a second, you know, and it was that, it was that kind of moment. I was like, oh, we're going to do this right now. And, yeah. um, and she just says, his name is Grogu. And I was like, okay, now we know his name, I guess. Uh, that is super weird that we know his name in the middle of the season, but um, great. It's weird. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like you saw him naked and you're like, ah, like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to know this.
0: Like, oh, this feels wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, here's here's my thought on Grogu. I on the name. I we also know Mandalorian's name, but most people just call him Mando. Like or the Mandalorian. Sure. Like yeah, I, I, his name is Din Djarin But like I, I don't see a lot of people. When I talk to people, just anecdotally, or when I even when I read like reviews online, a lot of people will call him Mando or the Mandalorian. His name is Din Djarin but I just don't think that that. Is necessarily no one speaks the name ever, except for that one episode of Mandalorian, and so I think maybe Grogu will will. You know, uh, raise in in acceptance in my mind. The more I hear it, as the as the series go on, on if they don't, if they continue not to name him or refer to him by Grogu, I think that's going to be a mistake. I think people will have a hard time latching onto it if they don't repeat it. And and maybe they know that because they literally repeated his name like five times in the episode, just in this. Well,
0: moment. there could also, and I, you know, I know sometimes the things he does is just being cute for the sake of being cute. But there could also be some foreshadowing here because every, you know, he would say the name and every time he'd say the name, he'd be like, whoop, and like look up and whatever. Yeah. And so there may be a future episode where, you know, maybe Baby Yoda falls into the wrong hands or something like that. And he's got to use his force powers, but he won't do it. And they're like, hey, use your force powers. You got it, you know. And then he's like, Grogu, do it. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I heard my name. Now I'll do it, you know, because Mando said it. And he's the only one around here that knows my name. I, you know, I don't know. There could be some, uh, some pl- you know, even if it's minor, some kind of plot device that, that may facilitate somewhere down the road, which is why they felt necessary to, um, you know, go ahead and give Baby Yoda a name. I do agree that they could have, like, made it a little more, um, I don't know. The, the, just like with Ahsoka, like, they could have hinted at the fact that it was going to be revealed – yeah. And teased it and, you know, made it more of a cliffhanger. But because they handled this episode this way, it makes me wonder, like, the rest of the season, there's been so much already that's already been revealed, right? Like, we know that Boba Fett is out there. And that was just yeah. a real sudden, like, well, there he is. Okay, and we're not going to talk about that again. You know, yeah. like, we haven't, there, there hasn't been alluded to or mentioned uh, at all. Now we have uh, Ahsoka. We've got a bunch of like Mandalorian backstory about, well, you know, you're from one faction and I'm from another faction. Like we have all of these kind of characters that you and I are familiar with, but uh, the casual fan won't, is not familiar with. There's been so many different things that have been introduced Uh, In just a few episodes, almost to the point where I was starting and I still am a little worried that uh, some of the audience might start to be getting lost because, you know, Bo-Katan came and went, Boba Fett came and went, Ahsoka, my guess is she's probably not going to be in the next episode or episodes, right? We'll, We'll probably see her again in live action at some point, but maybe not until the finale or um you know maybe even the second half of the episode before that something like that but i don't think she'll be in the next uh episode and so while i enjoy them them kind of tying the the universe together and bringing some of these characters into live action i'm i'm starting to get um uh just a little concerned that it might be
1: uh it might be a little too much yeah it's okay. So let's let's talk Rebels for a little bit because I think it's it's hard to talk about this episode without mentioning sure. the, the TV show Rebels, and yeah. and I'm I'm coming from the standpoint of I know about rebels from what i've read online i've not watched the episodes i'm about i'm almost done with season one i I still have like three or four episodes left in season one and and, and i'm telling you jake i don't care about spoilers if if there's something that you you're oh i I shouldn't say this i don't want to ruin for feel i probably already read it um okay i I, um i mean let's just get into the we'll just say Thrawn and, and then we'll talk, come back to that here in a second. But like, I, I was familiar with a- Grand Admiral Thrawn, but only from a, from what I've read online and kind of heard tell of him like in, you know, reading about Star Wars. And so, because I've not, I've not seen third season of, of Rebels or anything. So, um, but the fact that it's Filoni and I know it's John Favreau, that's kind of like running things, but Dave Filoni obviously directed this episode and I'm, sh- I'm sure is heavily involved in the writing or at least, you know, um, inspiring the writing in some way. But it is starting to become, the connections to Rebels is starting to build, really build up. Like, um, I don't know, um, probably, yeah, there's no Boba Fett in Rebels, right? I mean, he's presumed dead. So yeah, I'm, he doesn't show up in Rebels at yeah, all. Yeah, there's no Boba Fett in Rebels. Okay. O- other than Boba Fett, I feel like, this has been a Rebels heavy season. Um, we're getting Ahsoka, we're getting knowledge of, um, you know, other, the, the idea of like there are Jedi that are out there per- perhaps that nobody knows about and we have to discover these people is kind of a nod to Rebels. Um, we got a uh, mention of Grand Admiral Thrawn. We've got this idea of, you um, uh, you know Ahsoka Tano and where is she after like the, I, apparently the, the very last episode of Rebels is Ahsoka like post Death Star 2 explosion like so like it's literally picking up off of like the final episode of Rebels into this episode um, even though obviously some years have passed and um, I'm starting to I'm excited about that that, that makes me pumped but I want to speak to what you just said which is are we losing some people the people that have never seen rebels or maybe have never seen anything animated star Wars. They've only seen the, the stuff that's in the movies. Um, how far is too far? Like, do you think bringing Ahsoka into live action, bringing Thrawn into live action for the first time, bringing these characters that have only been animated is doing uh, fan service to the, the big fans and leaving other people behind, or is it, do you think it is trying to do and will ultimately ultimately succeed at bringing some of these non-animated watchers in to a a part of Star Wars that they've never experienced before where where do you think things are headed you know I don't know because I
0: think of like um, like my parents they uh, came over Were staying with us for a while and they have, like, watched the Star Wars movie, but, like, very casually. Kind of like, oh, it's on TV, so let's watch it, right? Not super fans. They know who Luke Skywalker is kind of thing. And uh, I turned on The Mandalorian for them, season one, and they were, like, we're hooked. And they basically binge-watched the whole, the whole thing <laughs> uh, because it has such wide appeal. You know, he, uh, my stepdad's, like, a big Westerns uh, yeah. fan. And so it was, it was easy It's because it's, it's a Western with lasers, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, my mom likes Baby Yoda, but in season two, uh, yeah, there's a fine line that they're going right now. But my parents, uh, no matter what you introduce to them in season two and three, are never—they're not going to watch Rebels or Clone Wars. Like that's just yeah. not going to happen. And you know this because even when we were talking about Clone Wars, I'm like, look, the barrier to entry is a little high. Like season one's a little rough. Uh, it, it's not only is the animation not great, but Ahsoka, Ahsoka is actually kind of annoying at first as a 14 year old girl. Like mm. you really don't start getting into the swing of it till about season three. And with rebels, uh, it's not really until like the latter half of season two that things really start to kind of get thick and like really grip you and start to become more than just kind of a slapstick kids show with stormtroopers in it. Right. Mm. So I don't know. Like the the word I've been uh, hearing thrown around is Filoni-verse because you have, you know, <laughs> the six, you have the six movies that Lucas made uh, you have the Disney sequels and then you have the, the two, sh- the, the now three in between shows, you know, the clone wars rebels and the Mandalorian that are all very more closely tied together. Cause they all have Dave Filoni's, fingerprints all over it and they're all kind of uh now now for the third time reoccurring a lot of these um a lot of these same characters when i heard grad admiral grand admiral thrawn's name i literally gasped yeah. you know i had heard rumors that there were thoughts of bringing him on or that moff gideon was actually reporting to you know someone higher up and in the previous episode, we saw the the vats, you know, with the gooey guy in there that either, you know, is potentially, they're trying to make Snoke with Yoda's blood, with baby Yoda's blood, sorry, Grogu, uh, or <laughs> uh, that's either Snoke or this is an effort to bring the emperor back to life uh, for episode nine. So um, it, it's, I don't know. I, I, I want, I, as a super nerd, want more of this kind of stuff, right? Like, yeah, I'm all I about the, the universe building, but uh, they have to be careful not to, not to isolate the fans. And I think in the next couple episodes, maybe they'll pull back a little bit. So to, to talk about Rebels a little bit, at the end, uh, Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn essentially disappear together, right? Yeah. We don't know where they are. And it is uh, implied that at the end of Rebels, um, Ahsoka Tano and a Mandalorian by the name of Sabine Wren go looking for Ezra Bridger, um, which you would think that, that Admiral Thrawn would be with him. Which is why, we, I believe at this point, why Ahsoka Tano was hunting down the magistrate to find out where Thrawn is, because if she can find Thrawn, then she can find Ezra Bridger. I also think that she might be using baby Yoda going to this Jedi temple in the next episode as bait, thinking that if he reaches out in the force and uh, you know, a Jedi is going to respond that it might be Ezra Bridger that responds. And then she can be like, all right, sweet. I found him because I used baby Yoda as my beacon. You know, I don't know. There's also rumors that um, they might, I, I think this is way less likely but there's rumors that they may get somebody to play a young Luke Skywalker or at least imply that Luke Skywalker is the one who answers the beacon or at least hears the beacon. And this is kind of the beginning of him rebuilding um, you know, the Jedi Order because he's looking for other Jedi and he finds uh, Grogu. It's yeah. hard to say. I do think somebody is going to answer that beacon right i mean maybe you're going to subvert my expectations in the next episode and they'll grow and they'll go up there and nobody hears it and they're like oh that sucks i guess they will never be a jedi grogu let's move on now and see what we can do but i just don't like somebody is going to hear and answer that beacon um and i don't think it's going to be a new character it's going to be somebody that we are familiar with
1: yeah i i really don't want it to be luke i um the every time when i read these i i've I've read some some of the theories that you've mentioned and a couple of the theories you mentioned i hadn't read anywhere but um the those are all really interesting if it's luke i i feel like the the name of the show is called the mandalorian (laughs) it's literally a show about dinjarin is is the titular character and so like i if you introduce you can introduce ahsoka and enough people don't know about who ahsoka is and she's in so many so few episodes that i think you can still call it the mandalorian i don't know if you can still call it the mandalorian once once luke is in the show like it almost has to become his show at that point like he has to become the main character and and it has to be you know a spin-off show or change the name of the show i don't know what they do but um i I think they will either either a, a jedi will answer the call of that of that beacon that goes off um when when you know when uh grogu enters the temple or whatever happens or they put him on the scene light or whatever or scene stone or whatever it was called but um or lest we forget there's a tracking beacon on the that's uh, right the ship and so i almost wonder if a jedi is coming but we don't actually get to see that because moff Gideon shows up with his entourage and it's all kind of destroyed from that point um yeah I also wonder if we see Ahsoka, my guess is we see Ahsoka one more time this season, just in the finale. Um, yeah. may, maybe. I, who knows what we're going to get in episode six. Maybe episode six is another filler episode of him, like just traveling, but then get sidetracked or something like that. I, we've got three more episodes left. Last season, the finale was really two episodes, like seven and eight were both kind of like one singular episode, um, just an hour and a half long. And I almost wonder if they're going to do that again. So we really only have one more episode and then what essentially could be the two-part finale. And I, I wonder if Ahsoka comes in like on the second half of that, but meaning only episode eight. And um, we we know we have to see Moff Gideon at some point. They, they're they not teasing Moff Gideon to introduce him in season three. Like he's going to come in at some point. So my guess is maybe he comes on Tython, um, that that planet, which by the way, Tython is such a, um, such a strange, like deep cut Star Wars reference. Like, um, I guess it's been in some of the, the books and other things, but I actually experienced Tython firsthand by playing, this is super nerdy, but the Star Wars, The Old Republic uh mmo like the rpg (laughs) online rpg game uh planet tython is like a major stopping point like every character goes there at some point i think and so like i know about tython i know about what that temple it's probably you know long since destroyed by then but um i'm very interested to see how they treat that since it's actually been in star wars material before but yeah I, i i'm interested to see if we see any other Jedi or if I think you might be right about it being literally a, a ploy of Ahsoka's like to, you know, I don't, I don't want to train him. I don't want you to even know that I'm interested in him and I'm really not interested in him except for the fact that of what he could bring me. And boy, if they bring in Ezra Bridger and Thrawn and also did Ahsoka and then also freaking bring in like Sabine Wren, like this is essentially a sequel to what, you know was the feloniverse uh rebels show? so yeah and and
0: well and boba fett is gonna have to come back before the end of the season too i don't see yeah. him not you know and so are we gonna have this big you know mega showdown at the jedi temple where it's you know boba fett and bo katan and the mandalorian and ahsoka and ezra bridger and grand admiral thrawn and i mean are we just throwing every star wars character in this one like because you're right there's only three episodes and even if they make every this one was a little bit longer uh which i Mm. appreciated going back to the episode itself um i noticed that uh, some of the shots were a little bit longer you know they didn't cut away as quickly it the the pacing was a little more slow and because I looked at the runtime and it was like 40 something, you know, and some of these other recent episodes have been 30 something. And I'm like, they could have cut this episode down, but they really kind of took their time with a lot of the cinematography uh, in this episode. So it just makes me wonder if the next few episodes are going to be, you know, 45 minute episodes or if they're going to, I don't think they'll be 30 minutes. There's too much, there's still too much to do. Um, but yeah, how much of this is set up for season three? How much of this is? I've heard that part of the reason why they're introducing so much is because they want to uh, leave open the opportunity for additional spinoffs. Uh, they're talking about giving Ahsoka her own spinoff. So, you know, The Mandalorian is is Disney Plus's you know most uh, successful property right now overall. Mm-hmm. And so, if you could use that as a launching pad to have you know, another two star Wars shows, then yeah, that's smart to do whether it's Ahsoka and then something else who knows what, but uh, you know, a Boba Fett show. Cause at, at one point there was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie. So, uh, and then of course now we've got the Mandalorian instead, but so I don't know. Disney uh, is out to make money and mm-hmm. they're not, uh, although I think that they've mishandled star Wars a little bit before, I they're not stupid, so they're building something, uh, and there is a with Dave Filoni and John Favreau who I trust more than Kathleen Kennedy. There mm-hmm. is a grander plan here, and although I am worrying a little myself, so far they have not let me down, and mm-hmm. so far the casual audience has not been overwhelmed or upset, and so. As of right now, I'm not gonna you know worry about it and just keep on plugging on because so far they've done they've done all the right things.
1: Yeah, it has a nine seven on IMDb for a reason. I I think even the casual fans are you know that are you know probably still raking the episode on IMDb are we're totally in love with the episode. So well, and for example, like
0: when uh, Dinjarin and Ahsoka are talking about the Jedi you know, she doesn't go into this long exposition about, well, I left the Jedi Order, so technically I'm not a Jedi, and da 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 -da. You know, they're handling it well enough to where if you don't know who Ahsoka is, you get the vibe of what's going on. You don't even necessarily need to know from this episode or what's going on in The Mandalorian that she was Anakin's Padawan. Like, pretty obvious who she's referring to when she's like, you know, I've seen a train what can happen to a trained Jedi or whatever. But Mm -hmm. they're they're doing this in a way to where if you are a casual fan, you still understand enough that is what you still understand enough about what's going on and they're not trying to they're not trying to pull you into that into the weeds too much. So so far they've been doing a good job.
1: Yeah. Um as far as like you know, smaller things, we've kind of been tucking thirty thousand foot view, but like um we there's a couple other reveals in the episode one is that um beskar is even stronger than we previously thought That it can actually block like actual lightsaber like laser <laughs> um it, it happens more than once so uh, ahsoka uh tries to uh, attack the mandalorian at first and because she thinks he's out to get her which technically he should have been and he pulls up his beskar armor like um his um wrist guards or whatever you want to call it. Um and she attacks him with both lightsabers at the same time and it basically just deflects right off of his Beskar armor. And then again later, that that cool spear, I really liked that javelin type spear that that the uh the magistrate had at the end. How she was like basically fighting with that and you know a lightsaber would just slice through any like metal or wood or anything like that would just absolutely cut it to shreds. But because it's Beskar, because this thing's made out of pure Beskar, it can actually fight against a Jedi and the Jedi lightsaber can actually just bounce right off of it. Um, So I I found that to be interesting.
0: Which makes sense considering that uh, the Mandalorians and the Jedi were ancient enemies. And so they have technology that helps them fight against Jedi. It's uh, like in the final episodes of the clone wars when they capture Darth Maul and they put him in that like anti-force using coffin, you know, (laughs) thing that they put him in. And they're like, yeah, we had one of these still left lying around from the old days. And we used to put (laughs) you guys in
1: these things, you know? (laughs) Um, Another thing, the exchange I really, really liked, even though it was nonverbal was um, Ahsoka and Grogu having their own separate conversation, like through mental thought, like, like he's, he's like, is he talking to you? (laughs) which i love that because he's like he's been trying to get the baby yoda to speak for a season and a half he's like did he just talk to you and she's like i can i can hear what he's saying through his thoughts i was just like wow that's super cool Um, there's
0: there's one other thing about the episode um itself that i'd like to add to is at the beginning of episode one the phantom menace uh you know there's qui-gon jen and obi-wan are in that room and then they try to gas him and then they come out and they're like breaking, you know, the, they're, the Nemoidians are like, they're breaking through the doors, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. George Lucas has said that he wanted that to be like a monster movie where you're trying to, de- you know, cause the Jedi were just so powerful that, you know, nobody knew how to defend against them and that it was, you know, even though the Jedi were the, were the, the good guys in that sense, that he wanted that feeling that the Jedi was just this unstoppable monster that people would fear And I got that same sense out of Ahsoka at the beginning of this episode where you've got this dark forest and all these guys trying to hunt a thing, which Ahsoka is the thing. And just out of nowhere, she's slicing and dicing and just taking people down and they have
1: no idea what to do with it yeah she's attacking them through the mist like there's there's like this dark mist and like yes and and they know there's a monster like you said a monster out there in the mist but they don't know where it is and then all of a sudden you just see and then these you know this light this white light comes out of nowhere but it's too late like by the time you see it she's already slicing you in half so um yeah it was pretty amazing to watch
0: yeah i thought that and that's why i like dave filoni because he can capture some of that george lucas essence of some of the things that that he was aiming for, and I, I also like how, um, you know, both of the main antagonists in this episode die, but I felt like they both, especially the one played by, um, oh, what's it, Bean, uh, the guy who played Kyle Reese in Terminator, um, uh-huh. yeah, 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 the other, not the magistrate, but the other guy, like her yeah. second in command guy, I felt like both of those characters, even though they were mostly disposable, uh, uh like had personality. And that's another thing that I, you know, some of these episodes are kind of the bad guy of the week. And there's so many characters that have come in and out of Mando's travels that are you'll probably never see again, or they die, or whatever. And this episode was a great example how the care that's being taken is it's not like, I am generic villain, come face me. <laughs> you know, like, there's they, they actually have you know uh, care was taken into the way they look and the way they talk and how they interact with mando
1: and there's
0: just so much care taken in the show altogether
1: in the case of morgan the the magistrate like she has a whole backstory like they she explains that like hey you know she Ah ahsoka is telling him like she basically helped construct the empire starfleet like yeah yeah and stuff like that and like basically like like stole from planets and like purged all of their resources and stuff like that, took it, took it away from them to, to, to help, you know, fund this big, you know, mechanical assembly and how, like, you know, essentially we get the idea that, you know, she's out to make a buck, but she's also like, you know, is, is pro empire, like wants to see the empire succeed. And, and so like, when you see that big showdown between, Ahsoka and her at the very end, it's not just good, good guy versus bad guy. Who cares? You know, I, I guess I want the good guy to win. It's like, no, she is like, she's like a tool of the Empire. Like, she needs to yeah. go down, you know? So, Which is why she's helping Thrawn, so yeah. yeah it's amazing i don't know why they did
0: that because you know if you're in the rise of skywalker you can just use the force and pull a bunch of starships out of the water and it'll be the <laughs> biggest fleet ever you know because they're that, just there
1: oh that brings up another <laughs> impact nitpick and then i'll get to some other things i liked but um there there's one point where she loses a lightsaber like she, yeah. she knocks it out of her hands and it falls in the water and it's like oh she's gonna zip that thing back and she doesn't and i was just like what? You're just going to fight with one lightsaber? Like, in, in half a second, you can have that thing back in your hands. It, it's in the water, so you can't get it out? <laughs> I was
0: like, well, and it so was weird. like, I, how did that, uh, how did the Magistrate handle herself against Ahsoka for so long? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking that too, like, man, Ahsoka is such a skilled warrior that I know she's also trying to keep her alive because she wants information from her. Yeah. Uh, and it was a cool fight, and again, I'm nitpicking here, but part of me was like, I feel like ahsoka should probably have taken you down a lot faster
1: yeah the only thing i could think of is that like maybe she's out of practice like she hasn't she basically set aside jedi ways from from what i understand i I haven't seen rebels but like I, i know like from the clone wars days she got heavily disenfranchised with the jedi order and then really like almost talks about the Jedi order from like third person. Like now she's like, I'm not, I'm not part of the Jedi order. And that, you know, there is no Jedi anymore and that kind of thing. And I, I, I'm almost wondering if she like, she came out of hiding. She'd like, you know, Obi, Obi-Wan Ben, Ben Kenobi from like episode four, the beginning of episode four is this, wizard that lives out in the desert somewhere or whatever and nobody's ever seen him but they just heard stories type of thing I almost kind of figured that's how she's been living and maybe she hasn't fought anyone for a while and you know it's not like she I never felt like she was struggling like I even though it was back and forth the fight I never felt like she was like in panic mode like you look at her eyes and she's like very confident the entire time but I also didn't it wasn't the young Ahsoka <laughs> Ahsoka that we know from the, the animated series anyway uh, either but right right that I mean that's definitely a nitpick um we haven't talked much about the training i i thought the training montage between her and and grogu and then mando and grogu was really cool i there's a lot to to speak of that we haven't even talked about yet about the the relationship the father-son between grogu and mando and how Ahsoka is so good to recognize that within seconds. I mean, a lot of people have said, oh, you know, you're like a father to him. But she recognizes that there's a deep bond here. Like, it's not just he looks up to you or you're his protector. It's like he has attached himself to you big time. And that's one of the main reasons I won't train him. Who knows if she's lying about that or whatever. But that's that's what she says in the episode. That's what we have to believe at the moment. And how it is ultimately him that gets that pulls the force powers out of him because she says, take, you know, take the rock or I want you to, you know, I'm going to uh, throw the rock. I want you to throw it back or however, whatever she says. And she's like, I need you to connect with him. I need you to do something that I can't do. And then he pulls out that, that ball bearing thing from, from the ship. And, ends so, up you know, Hey, t- you know, you want, I know you want this, you know, take it. And then he does. And I thought that was cool to see both, the force at work, but also the power of a personal relationship. And again, that's something that Ahsoka fears, but, you know, it was neat to see that. I did not see the whole,
0: uh, you know, power of personal attachments, not train a Jedi thing coming. And I mean that in a good way. I think that yeah. was a really cool little uh, way that they took that, which was Ahsoka was like, I'm not, you yeah, know, I'm not going to train you because of um, personal attachments, especially when you contrast that with the, you know, Raylo, uh, dyad in the force thing that was going on in, uh, in the sequels. I'm glad that they brought that back. I was disappointed. He didn't let him keep the ball bearing. He's like, here, take it. And he's like, great job kid. And I give it back. And he like, took it. I'm like, let him play with it. What the heck dude? I don't know why Mando's like either get, get a new one or like, will it not work without that thing on it? Like, I don't know. I just think he needs to let him play with it.
1: (laughs) uh yeah it was it was cool I I didn't see that coming either and uh it was I think it was just really neat to see uh their their relationship and how like almost inseparable they are at this point like I I I mean at one point in this episode of course he tried to do this in in season one too but he tries to dump the child like at the end of the episode he's like well I guess this is good is goodbye you know like she said you know if she's gonna keep her word you know she's training you from here on out and i'm I, my job is done and how like that's that was never going to happen like that they are the two of them are, are wed at this point um so it's cool to see them just kind of double down on that if anything
0: i think uh that that is going to be the major conflict in for the rest of the season or that's going to be the cliffhanger but i think they they're going to get separated and huh. that's going to be the big fight is, okay, Moff Gideon is taking Baby Yoda back to Grand Grad Admiral Thrawn. And there's going to be a band of people that are going to, have to go and get him. I don't think the Mando is going to do it on his own, but I think that's going to be the big like, oh no, baby Yoda got captured. We've got to go rescue him. And, and yeah. whether that's just in the next three episodes or whether or not that's how you know season season two ends and that's why we want to watch season three is a baby Yoda rescue adventure. I
1: don't know, but. That could happen in the next episode. Honestly, episode six. Could oh, be. absolutely. Moff Gideon yeah. shows up. There's a big fight, fight, fight. And then the end of the episode is no more no more grogu like he's not with the mando anymore
0: because nothing is right after them talking about how inseparable their bond is and how power you know he can't be trained and how powerful he is and they need his blood for the man the um which i thought it was funny they said m count like they won't say midichlorians it's (laughs) like okay just say it we know what's going on Um, you know they just had this episode emphasizing how strong their bond is and nothing is going to make an evil character more evil than taking baby Yoda away from the Mandalorian. Yes. So I think that that's bound to happen.
1: <laughs> I bet your wife was just absolutely thrilled with this episode. Cause we got a, just a ton of baby Yoda in it. Oh yeah. He was super cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, know,
0: and some, some of his cuteness is like, you know um, when she's talking about, there's a lot of fear in him and I can't train yeah. him. And I'm like, you know, I think about him stealing those cookies and eating you know that that uh lizard's eggs and all that stuff and it's or, like
1: or just straight up. up i mean he straight up force choked Kara. In oh the, yeah sure the first yeah. season like yeah. i mean there is definitely a dark side to to grogu for sure um and um i, I want to talk some about like his you know coruscant connection and stuff like that but like Yes, he's been trained by Jedi in the past, which I thought that was... I never saw that coming. I, I I, never thought that they would ever reveal to us that he's actually a trained Jedi. Like, he had been trained by Jedi in the past. Or has training. Yeah, has some training. in in, in, in Coruscant, like, they actually named Coruscant in the episode, which is fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, that that he was there... And and I guess presence even, what didn't they say he escaped somehow? Somehow he got away from Coruscant during yes. Order 66. Yeah,
0: him and, uh, him and Anakin are the same age. So yes. him and Anakin were born in the same year. So like whenever in episode one, they bring Anakin before the Jedi Council, like theoretically Grogu is somewhere in the temple like being trained. You know, and I don't know, I know he ages very slowly, uh, you know, and they're taken very young, but it's like, so how like if he's this much of a baby at fifty mm-hmm. like how much of a baby is he when he's actually like three or four? you know can you even like <laughs> okay, he was trained at the Jedi temple, but like how old was he and how much was he able to actually comprehend that's what I was thinking. I'm well, like I, maybe that's you know i don't i don't, I don't see him you know like doing the uh Yoda and episode two lightsaber flips you know uh at when baby Yoda is three or four years old, you know.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen him um, very like mobile at all. Like he walks very slowly and right. almost kind of crawls places and stuff. But, but also in season one we saw him. That you remember the the Mudhorn episode where he lift, he lifts this like you know three ton beast into the yeah. like he's he, powerful. Yeah, he's obviously very powerful. And and you know I, previously I thought oh well you know Yoda's races just, they're just naturally gifted with the Force like you know they don't need any training um, they just naturally can do it. Uh, but what we learned from this episode is like, no, he he's actually been trained to do these things. Um, so I, I want to know more about that. I don't know if we'll ever get that, but that was that that was interesting for for us to learn, I think, too. Um, so
0: here's here's the burning question on everybody's mind, Phil. Yes. Does Yattle does Yattle come into play? Do you know who Yattle is? <laughs> this is
1: The burning question.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm familiar with Yattle. This is the like. I, okay, I think, a, another- I, I think Yattle and never mentioned again
1: yeah no you might be right i what's interesting is that ahsoka doesn't even seem to be aware of yaddle like she looks at grogu in the face and she says i've i've known one other creature of this race and I'm like what like <laughs> yaddle was like on like the jedi council like you, you see her in the background of these shots like from like episode two or three or both or whatever it was. And sure she's never she never says any lines no one ever like interfaces with her directly in any, in any meaningful way but she's there she's in the scenes so i guess ahsoka's never been around yaddle ever like she's never in the same room as her it was it was kind of weird how they mentioned it that way um so she's either intentionally it's just leaving yaddle of off the subject the t- when or-
0: when uh, when George Lucas was doing Episode One, he's like, "This might be cool," and didn't realize that you know later it might might be problematic. It's kind of like how R two D two keeps all of his memories from the prequels, but like at no point in the original trilogy does he go, "Hey, by the way, uh, I don't know if you know this, but like Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is your father." Like, there's just some things where you're just like, "Okay, we're just gonna pretend that like this is." This doesn't matter, and well, will get roll with it. He forgot how to fly as well. He also <laughs> forgot how to fly, which would have come in real handy in the Dagobah Swamp. Yeah, so some of this you just gotta like gotta roll with. But I've heard a lot of a lot of Yaddle talk lately, and I'm like, I don't think that Yaddle's gonna be a thing in the Mandalorian. No, I
1: I think she's done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, that's a character that um I'm, honestly, like they probably would just happily just wipe her away if they if they could. Oh I sure, could erase her from the original movies, but. Um, yeah, I I think it's I don't know, and people are even saying like, is this Yoda's son? And it's just like, oh God, I don't know. Like, I mean, they, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and it'll be interesting. Like, I, I I when this whole thing started, and we saw Baby Yoda for the first time in Episode One, Season One, I I never thought that there would be any connection to Coruscant, and then now we know that Yoda and Grogu have been in the same room together. And now that like opens up all kinds of other questions. Um, so boy, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see where they go. I don't think we get any of those answers this season. I think it's, it's going to be next next year at the moment. I,
0: I also don't really want all those questions answered. Uh, you know, what, think back, Phil, to when, even before the prequel trilogy, right? When we just had the originals, some of the mystique or the coolness of Star Wars is to kind of have that mystery, Like there's some things that I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you know maybe in in a cartoon or in a comic we explored you know a thing or two, and it kind of gives us some hints or some answers. But there's not not everything in Star Wars needs to be an answered question because I think you kind of take away from the magic of it the more you actually dig into some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, um, do you have any other thoughts on the episode? I think we covered kind of the the main the biggest things um grogu 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 i'm just gonna keep saying it until (laughs) it sticks until we get used to it yeah (laughs) um uh do we see thrawn this this season um if we do that'll be in the final episode yeah
0: and that might be one of the big t he'll probably be the big bad of season three
1: yeah
0: um you know but Moff Gideon really hasn't got a lot of screen time so you know do they take do they take him down and Bo-Katan gets her dark saber
1: at the I, end of season 2 I don't know they haven't really built that up too much either I almost wonder if all the stuff we talked about before Ezra Sabine Thrawn I, I almost wonder if all of that's for se- next season like that we're not even going to see that this season um, yeah. I I almost wonder if they kill Moff Gideon this season and, and actually make it, like just mark him off the list and then now we have to go after the real threat, which is Thrawn. Um, <coughs> if if Mando's even interested in that, but that's the weirdest thing. Is like, you have again the titular character. This show is about the Mandalorian. It's not about Thrawn. It's not about Ahsoka. Ahsoka can get her own show, but this show is about the Mandalorian. So if they're going to stick to that and stick to their guns and say no, this is a Mandalorian show, and either this is the final season of Mandalorian and then they go a completely different direction or it's more Mandalorian centric stuff. My biggest thing is how are they going to get the Mandalorian to care about Thrawn at all? He only works for a buck. Like he's, he's a bounty hunter. He makes, this is his wage is he does things for people and he gets paid. And so like, unless they're paying him as a mercenary to like go after Thrawn or I, I don't know, I, he, the two things he cares about is money and grogu those are the two things he cares about yeah so. i
0: think i think that i think you hit it on the head i think that he cares about going after Thrawn if Thrawn is the one that has baby yoda also yeah. i know you uh, don't have a lot of experience with the Thrawn character but one of his major traits is he um is very interested in a species history and culture so he is a master of battle tactics because he will find art and artifacts from your species and your culture to learn about what your weaknesses are or how your battle strategies might be or how impulsive you are or whatever like that's that's his thing so it's real big into art i think that if we learn anything about baby yoda's species Uh, or anything more significant about his history or what they are or whatever, we're going to learn it from the mouth of Grad Admiral Thrawn because that's how he is, is he studies um, the history and the art and the tendencies of species. So I think it'll be him uh, revealing some of that stuff. But yeah, Din Djarin's not going to care unless they have Baby Yoda, which I think that that's, I think they will. Baby Yoda's, mark my words right now, big prediction. Baby Yoda is getting captured. Like, yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i i i honestly i know they would kill a lot of people but i honestly would be totally down if they ended the season with that like yes um they they've let's say like in the next episode moff gideon almost captures him and then and then calls calls in thrawn and the big guns and then like in seven, eight, the you know two-part finale or whatever thrawn actually pulls it off and actually captures them and that's how they end the season and yeah. then season three becomes about all right sabine all right ezra whoever's there you know i help me out i need your help to to get this you know and 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 he makes it more about it's it's not just my friend grogu it's like you know the 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 galaxy is at stake you know there's something bigger at stake and then i think sabine and and ezra and all these guys actually like jump in with with the mandalorian
0: yeah they are going to have to slow down um just a little bit because there is so much with Bo-Katan and the dark saber and boba fett and all yeah. the like they they are going to have to they've introduced so much that they're going to have to pump the brakes just a little bit to finish this season off. And I don't think we're going to get a lot of payoff until season three on some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. So how do you feel right now? If you are the actress that plays Kara Dune <laughs> or like, or even like grief Carga, like those guys, those guys were big characters in season one. where was like, Oh, I love these characters. And then now that we're in season two is just like grief. Who like, Oh well, yeah. Heard, I mean, they're, I they're, they're, they're still the promotional materials. And like, you know, yeah. when you, when you look
0: it up on Disney plus, like they're in the background and yeah, I don't know, you know, do they end up playing? um, I mean, if, if Mando needs a posse, when baby Yoda gets captured and he needs a posse, that's who he's going to go for. He's going to go back and get them. So there's, there's still ample opportunity for them to fight alongside Mando before the end of this season. But yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Like they have taken a pretty, pretty significant backseat.
1: Well, I can't wait, man. We're we're three weeks out from the, the finale, and I'm expecting really – I mean, they've really spoiled us on, like, what like compare, like, episode five of season, season one to episode five of season two. There's, like there's – they're not even close. There's no comparison oh, sure. at all. So, like, they've really spoiled us on this episode, and I almost, like, am expecting it just to be downhill as far as energy and, you know, new reveals and stuff. They can't possibly duplicate what they did in this episode and episode six, but maybe they will. I don't know. Um, I think an Ezra reveal would be a huge reveal in this, in the show um, for, for, you know, big time, Star Wars Star Wars fans. Other people wouldn't
0: know who he was, but it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I, I do think you're right. I think that they're kind of done revealing uh, for a while yeah. until maybe like the la- you know, second half of the final season, there might be a cliffhanger, but I, I think the reveals are done and it's all, all of those things are setting up for what's going to happen in a very
1: climactic, you know, final three episodes. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, we will definitely have you back. Um, when I say we, I mean me and the, and the not, the now dead, uh, Grant. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hopefully Grant will come back to life next week, but, um, uh, we will definitely have you back for the final episode of, um, the Mandalorian, I almost at the Clone Wars. Uh, the final episode of The Mandalorian and and just wrap up this whole well, see if any of our predictions stuck at all. Or if we just we're just blowing smoke the whole time uh, today or uh, or if some of these things actually pan out. But it'll be cool to see how things actually end this season and we'll have you back to talk about that. So I cool. uh, can't wait. Cool. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. I, like I said, this episode was only about Mandalorian. So uh, this is, this is uh, how we're going to wrap things up. Next week, obviously, we're going to talk about episode six of The Mandalorian, uh, which probably are recording on Saturday. So that episode should drop either on Sunday or Monday uh, by the time you hear this. And we are the next two weeks. We're going to talk about some Christmas stuff as well, because this is like our only time to talk about Christmas stuff. And the season finale of Mando is going to be that entire episode, obviously. And so it, the next two weeks is all we got. So uh, next week, uh, Caitlin is going to come on as a guest, uh, Grant's wife, and so we're going to talk about Noel because she really wants to talk about a romantic Christmas film. And so we're going to we're talking talk about. Uh, you know, a great pairing, Mandalorian and Noel uh, <laughs> next week. Uh, and then uh, the week after that, of course, it'll be Mandalorian season two, episode seven. And we are planning on talking about High School Musical, the Christmas special, uh, which, is, which will be interesting. So I've not even seen High School uh, Musical, the musical s- series. Like I'm not the c- series that came out last year, I haven't seen any of those episodes. So uh, I will not be very knowledgeable on that episode, but Grant and Caitlin have seen all of it and they're super excited about uh, and so Caitlin's also going to come on for that episode. So Caitlin the next two weeks, and then Jake for the season finale of Mandalorian is kind of what we're looking at. And then boy, it's hard to believe, but it'll already be Christmas after that. And so we'll be talking about Soul and a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, so stay tuned, stick with us for the next few weeks. It's going to be an exciting few weeks on the podcast as we uh, wrap up the rest of Mandalorian. Thank you, Jake. Um, I, I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. Can you um, talk about your podcast really quick? And and, I, and I, people think I'm I'm probably you know, just lying through my teeth, you know, about, I guess when I say stuff like this, but uh, your podcast is legitimately one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. So tell people about it. Oh,
0: thanks, Phil. I am the co-host of PB&J Politics with Brian and Jake. It is a podcast with a mission of promoting civil discourse uh, with politics. So Brian and I disagree on many issues. But we take both the news of the day and just topics in general, kind of especially the stuff that uh, has kind of the most heat around it. And we'll take an hour and we will dissect that topic uh, with numbers and history and our points of view and see where uh, we can meet in the middle. And sometimes our minds are changed and sometimes we respectfully agree to disagree Um, But either way, we always have a lot of fun talking about the political issues of the day.
1: Yeah, their their podcast really is fantastic. And uh, definitely they they did several episodes in a row of pre-election coverage, which I mean, all that's in the past. Now we know how the, the, the election turned right. out, but, um, but I mean, I encourage you just to go back and listen to those episodes just from hearing these guys talk about the merits of the candidates and how their, their predictions of how things were going to go and being torn over who to vote for. I, those episodes are phenomenal. So definitely go back and, and listen to those and uh, hopefully we'll, there'll be some more from the guys pretty soon too. But yeah, PB and because that's the website? Yep,
0: that's right, pbandjpod.com,
1: and and you can get us on social media at pbandjpod. Cool. Well, thanks uh, again, Jake, for joining me. This was um, a great great conversation. Uh, Grant uh, wanted to be here, but he said, you know what, I think you and Jake will be just fine without me. (laughs) You'll have lots to talk about, so uh, I certainly think we did. Um, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney Plus. We pretty much got the, the next month kind of figured out, but let us know for January what you want to hear. And the way to do that is Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. That's P L U S, all spelled out Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. We'll see you next week for Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6, and Noel.